0: This gospel is much more significant than simply obey the civil law. There is within it this inner logic where Jesus says whose image is inscribed upon it. Whatever is due to Caesar, give to Caesar. Whatever is due to God, give to God. And so the image on the coin is Caesar. And the image upon us is God and so the inner logic is this because God's image is written upon us that we are the ones who have to give ourselves back to God and that means all of it now I want to then present the one difficulty in mainly two ways in which we accomplish this that is give ourselves back to God first The one biggest difficulty, the one biggest difficulty I think in my life about spending something is buyer's remorse. Because I know that the moment that I buy it, it's only going to get worse. Now I could square this logic and say something like I'm investing in furniture or something like that. But I know that once I sit on it, it's only going to get more ugly. And so I can't really call that investment. But the logic here falls short in relationship to God. Because as we know, there is no earthen treasure that does not collect moth or rust or decay, but treasure in heaven collects none of those. But we don't necessarily know that from experience. Most of the time, if we go on a retreat, or have a good holy hour, we just assume from there, everything goes downhill. But we only know by faith that the gift that we receive in Jesus Christ does not decay, and is ever-ancient and ever-new, as St. Augustine says. So that is the difficulty, and it remains difficult for us every day because we live in the darkness of faith. We simply have to trust that no eye has seen and no ear has heard what God has in store for those who love Him. And there are two ways that at least I know of, not because I'm good at it, but there are two fundamental ways in which we have to spend this coin back towards God. And I want to talk about those ways structured off of the collect, that opening prayer that was prayed at the beginning of Mass. And two things were mentioned something passive and something active, that I conform myself to the will of God and always serve him in sincerity of heart. And so first, conforming ourselves to the will of God, what does that look like? Because God is ever new, and because he titles himself I am, he is in the ever-present moment. And so conforming ourselves to the will of God can simply mean conforming myself to the duties of the moment, to the duties of my state in life, and to the consequences of my actions, my sins. I think of two saints in this regard. First, you have someone like Saint Andre Bessette. Saint Andre Bessette had to conform himself to the will of God according to his state in life and his abilities. This meant that after going to school up until the age of 14 and recognizing he could hardly read and write his own name, that he'd be relegated to a very limited life because of his abilities. But he was sanctified by simply being a porter, by simply opening a door and smiling at people as they went into St. Joseph's Cathedral in Canada. That this was the life Bondra beset. Conforming himself to the will of God by his own abilities or inabilities thereof and so becoming fully alive You have St. Andre Passet On one hand and then you have St. Vincent de Paul on the other Who was very talented? Incredibly intelligent Yet Because he wanted to progress past his state of life in great ambition did very bad things and suffered the consequence of them, but in suffering, the consequences of them was sanctified. In Vincent to Paul, we had a man who uh, lived as a son of a poor father, who spent all of his earnings to send him to seminary. And so after a year in the seminary, whenever his father came to visit him, appearing very poor, Vincent de Paul was at the door with another guest and the guest asked him, who is this man? And Vincent said, I do not know him. And so rejected his own father at his doorstep. Later on, because he was so charming and wanted to um, pursue riches and prestige, comes upon, befriends this uh, person who he then inherits their will from. And so takes a nice hiatus from his priestly duties to go and assure that he gets this inheritance. And somewhere along the way, in God's mysterious providence, provides a nice consequence. He gets ended up kidnapped and being sold into slavery by the Mohammedans. And so in this way, he actually begins to conform himself to the will of God recognizing that all things are not within His power, and that He must accept the present moment and the consequences of His sins, which is His own cross. And so that is the first way, that we conform ourselves to the will of God. But conforming ourselves to the will of God cannot be simply passive. We all know, especially as a priest I know, and as a parent perhaps you know, that conforming ourselves to our duties can be a very autopilot kind of experience. Yeah, let's say my job is easy. And that, yeah, more or less figured out how to manage my kids. So that from now, here I can just kind of coast. This kind of autopilot prevents me from serving the Lord in sincerity of heart. To where we can be like the people who Jesus describes. Lord, Lord, we did mighty things in your name. To which Jesus says, I do not know you. How does Jesus know us? Jesus knows us because he knows the Father. And so he knows us because he knows in us the Father's love. In that we give him back supernatural charity. We give him back our hearts. And so how is it that we give him back our hearts with his supernatural charity? Because the love of him is beyond our nature. Means one of the things that we can do most is simply blot out our self will and confess our secret thoughts. In confessing our secret thoughts, we confess our secret affections. Confessing our secret affections, we confess our secret desires. And so then we can obtain sincerity of heart. Notice how comforting this is in the gospel that the very people that Jesus is speaking to, Jesus kind of converts them on the spot. They approach him saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man, and you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. In other words, these Herodians approach Jesus very pietistically, very showy, and they flatter Christ. But Christ buys none of it. He looks past the wickedness of their hearts and he says, you hypocrites, why are you testing me? And there's something about that where these Herodians leave Jesus and they marvel at him. They marvel at him. Jesus knows our secret thoughts. And he knows them and still says, give me what's written on your soul. Give me the image of God. He's not afraid of those secret thoughts. And so in confessing them, either to a confessor, director, spiritual friend, or spouse, those secret affections and thoughts lose power over us. Because it's difficult keeping a secret. And it's hard to keep those secret thoughts, those secret affections, and to also serve God in sincerity of heart. But in bringing them into the brightness of His light, they lose power over us so that we can serve Him in sincerity of heart. And so God desires His image back. He desires it fully. And He Himself is a gift the gift that we can purchase by the gift of ourselves through His grace that does not grow old and by conforming ourselves to His will by the consequences of our sins and the consequences of our, our duties in life, and by confessing our secret thoughts, we can always conform our will to His and serve Him in sincerity of heart.